This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... I'd like to welcome everybody to the day after Mother's Day. I hope that you had a wonderful Mother's Day with your mother. If you could be with her, or if, like in my case, you're not with her, you thought of her a great deal um eric is with us eric how are you i'm doing well kevin how you doing today doing awesomely thank you did you have a nice mother's day <laughs> well i spent it doing some repair work so my i didn't have a great mother's day but i'm not a mother so you know that's appropriate <laughs> Uh, ab- absolutely speaking of which so you were sweltering in the 90 degree ha- heat yesterday I I was a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> and they I've heard that that's going to be um in the 80s all week, is that right? That's pretty much what it looks like until we get uh, to the weekend, then it's going to cool down a bit. Oh good, just in time for the weekend. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> so if you're a, a heat lover, then just enjoy it uh during the the weekdays this week cuz uh when the weekend rolls around, it'll It'll be a little, a uh, little more of what we're used to around here. Seventy-five, cloudy, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, every November or October, somewhere around in there, I listen to a advertisement from somebody that says, you know, next year it's going to be hot during the summer, so you need to get air conditioning. And mm-hmm. I always say, oh come on, it's not going to be that bad. Well, until we get it to be ninety, and then I don't have air conditioning, and I say, why didn't they think about that earlier? Well, you know, I can highly recommend getting a heat pump. You know, it's it'll cut your heating costs uh, down, and it'll also help keep you cool during the summer. So uh, I can recommend that for sure. I've heard of those. Those those are, I think they're they're very energy efficient too, aren't they? Absolutely. And they save a little bit of money, and they can. Uh, and there's now, some nice tax breaks as well. Oh, yeah, because the they are so energy efficient. Yeah. So, well, I know that you are one that it, it, it's important because you do, you know, you've got a electric car and you've got and you work to take care of the environment. And I appreciate you for that. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm trying to save money. So, you know, <laughs> the fact that it helps the environment, hey, that's just icing on the cake. <laughs> well, no, you could take the high road and say, yes, I'm a philanthropist and I'm I'm involved in all of this stuff. <laughs> philanthropist slash cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. We got a great show for you today. Uh, now, you've been doing this a long time, so you know how to speak and you're a terrific speaker in your own right and you can do all of that. Lori Smith is with us and she teaches people how to improve their uh, speaking ability. She's an actor. She's been, she's a coach. She's been doing this for a long time. Let's go ahead and bring uh, uh, Lori on right now. Lori, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you. Of course, this is Positive Talk Radio, so I'm required to say that. It's kind of in the contract. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I've, I've got to always say Well, I'm that. not Where required is- to say it. No, you're not. Where are you, by the way? I am in San Francisco, California. 
Oh, now it's 90 up here. Well, it's not quite. It's 86 up here. Is it hot down there too? It is not. So I am wearing a sweater in the middle of May. <laughs> uh, it was warm and beautiful over the weekend, and it may very well be warm and beautiful in other parts of San Francisco. And I'm in a part of San Francisco where the fog is there in the morning and then maybe it burns off for part of the day. And now the fog, the hazy fog is kind of already back outside. It's, it's, you must be near the uh, water. Yeah, inner sunset. So not right on the water, but close enough that it's a little hazy outside. But it was beautiful this weekend. I went out to have coffee with a friend and I brought my sweater just in case. <laughs> and I was way too hot. So I was sitting in a t-shirt outside. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. You know, you have got quite a life story. You have done uh, uh, quite a lot of things and you've been an actor for and have done many, many shows for a long time. You were, as a matter of fact, when you were seven years old, it's, it's kind of like, where were you when? When you were seven years old, you wanted to be um, um, one of the Brady Bunch kids, Cindy Brady. I wanted to be Cindy Brady. <laughs> and and your mom said no you're not cindy brady just put your uh pig 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 curls down and and but she did something that i encourage every parent to do is if your child has a um feels like they would like to to step out that way what did your mom do for you she took me to an acting class Rather than saying, no, you, you shouldn't, that's crazy, you can't make, just found me outside playing make-believe by myself and thought, hmm, let's find an acting class in our city and took me to an acting class. Were you immediately taken with it? I was, though I wasn't immediately very good at it. <laughs> well, but you were seven. I was seven. I was seven. I got... I got better at it when I got older and had some great teachers and coaches. Which really is a very helpful thing. Um, Cause unless you are now you'll appreciate this. Um, when I was in Cub Scouts and Cub Scouts is like eight, nine years old. Uh, I had this propensity to, to, to really try and be out there. And so uh, for the what's called the blue and gold dinner, my mom had me do a monologue. And for those of you who don't know what a monologue is, it's where you walk on stage, there's nothing there. And you have to make believe that you're talking to people. It was called, a, it was right around Mother's Day. That's apropos for yesterday. Um, it was right around Mother's Day. So the, and I still remember it. It was called a sparkler for mom. And I was, in, I was in a department store and I bumped into a, a, a rather rotund, rotund lady. I talked to the, the uh, person at the counter and stuff like that, but I was all by myself. And, and it was really was a remarkable experience. The first time I heard applause for me, it was, it was really, was quite, I was quite taken with it. Quite. Very <laughs> so, nice. so that was, goes all the way back then. But, you know, I, I, wanted to do it and act and and of course i kind of act all the time anyway but you know <laughs> and you were going to talk about that in a little bit but it's it's great fun that you've been doing this now have you um um 
been mostly a theater actor? Yes. I did have an agent for film and television for a while in my late 20s, early 30s, I think. And I I love the the energy of live theater. And even smaller live theater where there's an a more intimate feeling to it. You can feel that they're right there with you in the same space. I love that feeling. Uh, that that and the cool thing is, is that everybody is there. No, nobody got dragged into the theater. Uh, everybody's there because they want to have a good time. They've heard good things about the show, and so they're all in your corner. They all want you to do well. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes it a, a, a great deal of fun. So you, so you've over twenty years or twenty five years or so. I'm not going to go past that because I think you're no, no. You you look you look great for twenty five. Um, Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but um, that led you to do a bunch of other stuff that was. I mean, you were an office manager, and then you would uh, do acting at night and stuff. But something happened that changed your desires to do different things for people. What was that? There were probably a lot of steps along the way. And one of the biggest ones that I think about all the time was an exercise in my favorite acting class ever. The name of the exercise was called a short stack. And it's an improv exercise, but it's, it's not a funny, funny, ha ha, like Saturday Night Live improv. It's when you're working on stretching into accessing different parts of yourself in order to play other characters. And usually the attention was divided. So it was you and one other person or three other people. And on this particular day, I was up there all by myself and different people were coming in and throwing me different scenarios, but the attention was very much on me. And I kept pulling myself together and like putting on the, I'm fine, I've got it all together face, kind of trying to reset in between scenes. And eventually Richard Side, my acting instructor, paused the exercise as he did many times over the years for me. And he said, whatever that thing is that you're doing in between scenes, stop doing that. Just be present with whatever's there for you and keep going. And I said, I'm not that comfortable having everyone's eyes on me. And he said, well, then you've picked a strange set of careers for yourself. <laughs> exactly. I was an actor, a speaker, a teacher. And he said, part of you wants this. Part of you knows that you're meant to be here. And that really struck me and this was not, I wasn't new to the class at this point. I deeply trusted and respected him. So I said, okay, we started the exercise again. And I did my best to stay present and not put on, put on the protective mask. And by the end of that exercise, I felt like layers of armor and protection had melted away. And I looked out when the exercise was over and I felt like I could see and feel what kind of a day every one of my classmates was having. 
And I now say it was my first moment of oneness that lasted beyond the acting because I'd had moments where it felt like time was slowing down and I was deeply present and connected with people. And up until that point, it was only during the play or during the scene. And that is part of what led me to then want to bring the ability to be seen and see others in that way that eventually led to doing that with speakers and visionaries and rebels. So all of these people that you have met in the succeeding time, you're able to work with them at what I could describe as a whole nother level Uh, because you're getting involved with who they really are. Yes, who they really are. And I believe that letting, letting myself be seen more is what helps me to see others more. And coming from that place means that I can better articulate what I'm seeing. It feels like I'm open to all kinds of intuitive hits that I'm getting from people. And I I was told by a student at one point along the way that I looked like I was reading people's minds. And that was after this moment in this class. And I know, well, that's partially because I let down what was blocking it so that I, I can see things clearly and be curious about them. And that's what's making people think that I can read their minds. Now, when you're in the process of doing this, are you taking your intuition and what is coming to you naturally and then able to um, talk to them about it and go into their their mind a little bit deeper? Does that make sense? Yeah. Usually I get part of, you know, then later I trained as a coach. So... I learned how to channel my intuition even more. Um, One of my, I probably have two superpowers as a coach in terms of what coach training is. One is mirroring. So you're you're telling them what you're seeing (laughs) or what you're hearing or what you're feeling. And it took me a while to understand that those were all skills, that sometimes what I'm hearing in someone's voice, no one else in the room is hearing it the same way I am. So mirroring back. Another is curiosity and powerful questions. So I love powerful questions. They're they're one of my favorites, and that's how you get to know someone else more and also how they get to know themselves and what's going on, what they might want, what might be blocking them even more deeply, or it's one way. And occasionally I just intuitively blurt something um, that might not come in the form of mirroring or a question. It's just a hit that I get. So I'll share, you know, a voice in my head just said, blah, 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 blah. And then powerful question, what does that mean to you? Or what does that do for you? Coaching is funny (laughs) because a powerful question is actually how simple can it be? 
but a lot of it has to do with the, which by the way, I think is a lost art, but the lost art of listening. And I don't mean hearing. I mean, listening, listening to the body language, listening to what they're saying, how they're saying it, what they're, what they're really design is. And that's, you have to, don't you have to be able to listen in that way in order for it to move deeper? Absolutely. Listening to what's being said, what's not being said. And I probably had a natural aptitude for that. I am an introvert. I'm a highly sensitive person. And I knew deep listening from theater first. Yes. And because you're doing the same script night after night after night after night after night. I don't, I'm not a fan of learn how to say the lines and then say them that way. It's my character is in this situation, that character's here. So you're listening to how the other actor is saying it night after night after night. And that makes it feel like you've never done it before for yourself and for the audience. So you're not just hearing the words. If you're good and you want it to be this way, you're not just hearing, oh, there's my cue, now I speak. You're listening deeply, like you said, to how's it coming out today? What do they mean with it today? What is their character not saying that they're kind of broadcasting to me underneath the words? I did that when I was acting. I did that kind of out of fear because I wanted to make sure that I listened in case somebody went up. And what I mean by what I mean by somebody going up, well, you know, um, but it's when somebody loses their line, it loses their train of thought. Um, they skip a couple of beats or they skip a couple of lines because they forgot it. And now your job is to pick up where they left off. And in order to do that, you really have to be listening and deeply involved with that moment. Absolutely. And some people learn the whole thing by rote and think that when someone else forgets their lines, that that's going to be the way to, to get, get themselves out of it. And it, I remember being afraid of that happening when I really started to learn my lines more by heart and deeply listen. And my favorite acting instructor again saying you'll be surprised you'll you'll be listening so deeply and you'll be in character and you'll probably cover for someone else and you may not even realize that you did it and i remember feeling so i was playing a character who was an alcoholic who was actually drinking drunk in a scene and something felt a little weird and I just made some stuff up. And then we came off stage and both of the other actors were profusely thanking me for saving them. And I just kind of went, I was aware that something felt a little off, but I, I really had no awareness of what it was. And I'm guessing if I didn't, the audience had no idea either. It was a little, but like you got an alcoholic character in the scene. So if something felt a little funky, they probably just wrote it off to that and, and went along with whatever came out of my mouth. Well, exactly. And, and um, 
real quick story because this is this happens in theater a lot and that is that somebody will not be where they're supposed to be and i was playing in uh, fiddler on the roof i was uh, lazar wolf the butcher and he it was scene four and i was down in in front this was a dinner show so there were 300 people having dinner on the other side of the curtain the curtain was closed and i'm supposed to turn to my right in my blocking i'm supposed to turn to my right and say Rab Marka, a bottle of your best brandy and um the the stage hand who was the nighttime director his name was joe he was going to raise the curtain and then i was going to say that line so he goes over to the where the curtain is i look and red Morka isn't there <laughs> and so he's like no 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 keep the curtain closed we gotta find red Morka. he's not there he looked at me with that smile that only a director who's about to send you up to the gallows smiles <laughs> like and he raised the curtain and uh red Morka wasn't there so it's either like you stand there and you go, what now? What do I do? So I just, I just yelled red Marka and you could hear him running down the side of the theater. Cause the green room was in the back of the theater. So, um, but it, those are one of those things that I think is so important in life that you are in a position to where you can listen and you are able to think on your feet well enough, be you be in sales, be you, whatever you're doing um, to be able to do that. And that's why to working with someone like you is is so important to get it all together and so that's and that's one of the reasons why i really wanted to have you here because you're you are really good at what you do and it's fun it's fun to talk to you about this stuff oh, thank you i love talking to you <laughs> well thank you very much ma'am i appreciate it because <laughs> i you know it is fun to think about what we can do. And, you know, you say on your website, and I just love this, you say that everybody can do anything that they choose to do. Some people, when speaking, will say, oh, I could never get on. I could never be a, to do a TED Talk or, or get up in front of a bunch of people. And, and, and But you say that everybody can do it. Everybody can do it, and everybody is charismatic. And I think... Some of what stops people is the fight, flight, or freeze fear thing. Some of what stops people is that they feel like other people are charismatic. Other people have an interesting story. Other people have a message and they couldn't possibly be charismatic or have a message that the world would want to hear or a story. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who I do an exercise in a program where they have to tell their story, partially because if you can be present in your body and deeply connected to other people while you're telling your story, then you can do it for all the rest of the speaking because you're being seen the most while you're telling your story. And at least 50% of the people come in thinking, well, I'm going to do this exercise, but I don't, I don't even really have a story. Oh, we're supposed to have five to seven minutes. I should be done in one. <laughs> and then during the course of the program, they see everybody else doing that about their own story. And they realize how interested they are in the other people's stories. And then it finally sinks in. We're all that interested in your story too. 
And when you share it and when you let yourself be seen, you are embodying your one of a kind presence, AKA charisma. It is amazing to me how many people, exactly what you said, don't believe that they have a story worth telling. And it's so sad because everybody's got wonderful adventures, wonderful experiences, and um, for good or for ill, but they are stories that need to be told for us to grow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that you do on your website is that you've got this little quiz. And you have this little quiz that you do. And I, I love it a lot. So I went and took it. And uh, we're going to share with the audience the results of that, of what, of, of what happened to me. And then we're going to psychoanalyze the host. We'll call that, that a little bit of doing that so that, yeah, because I, I don't mind putting myself out there too, if it can help somebody else do something so and that 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 whole thing that i just mentioned on her website is free and if you go to voice dash geez voice dash matters.com and uh and you'll find that that quiz there and you can you can take that and uh again that's voice dash matters.com that's right isn't it yes very, very good. We're talking with Lori Smith. We need to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to reveal the uh, the quiz and the results, and it turns out I'm not anything that I thought I was, <laughs> but apparently I is. So, so thank you very much, and you're listening to Positive Talk Radio, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place. And because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week, based on a 13-week commitment, and as our partner, we are vested in your success, and we'll do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. 
Your success is our goal. Anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio for the second half. And we've got a great guest for you today. Her name is Lori Smith, and she is a coach. She is a acting instructor. You do all kinds of stuff and you and you do and you teach people how to speak and speak effectively, which is which is a really, really big deal. And one of the things that you do, first of all, before we get into that, I got to ask you, you mentioned that you feel like you're an introvert, but to do what you do, how can you be an introvert? Lots of recovery time alone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a surprising thing that, that so many actors are actually introverts and probably highly sensitive people. So when I heard about a lot of actors being introverts, I didn't know about this thing called a highly sensitive person or an empath where you feel what others feel. Some people are an introvert, but not a highly sensitive person, etc. Some of us are all three. And it's part of what makes us really good at our jobs, I think, that we we see and feel what's going on in others beyond the words. If our empathy is really high, it's easy to read a character and then put yourself in that character's shoes and behave as if you are them because we're empathizing with them as we read the script. Exactly. And you are creating a three-dimensional person out of something that's on paper. Yes. And that, that takes quite a lot of empathy and skill and understanding of the human condition and everything about them, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. Including, um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a character actress. I love to play a variety of different roles. And I've loved the ones that are called evil (laughs) my whole life. The first one I think I ever played was Abigail in the Crucible. Um, For the listeners who may or may not know the Crucible, it's about the Salem witch trials. And there's a young girl who claims to see spirits and causes people in the town to be hung for being witches. They start naming people as witches in order to save themselves. And at first I wasn't called back for that one because I, I had a very innocent looking face, a very young, innocent looking face. 
so other people, you know, redheads, blonde bombshells, they're all being called back for Abigail, even though it was going to be costumed with those little bonnets on. So you can't tell when you actually see the play. You have no idea if that person's hair is red, blonde, black, brown, gray, no idea. And I was reading from Mary Warren, which was the, she's the very innocent, mousy young girl. And I remember reading a scene where I was being questioned and the stage direction was she stands. So I was doing a good job of trying to find mousy because I actually wasn't very good at it, even though I looked like it. And at least in acting, you know, I was shy and introverted out in the world. But when I acted, it was because I wanted to come out of my shell. And when I did the stage direction, she stands, it came out like, like a fight just in the way I stood up. And then the next line that came out of my mouth was about as opposite from Mousy as you could get. And the she's possessed she's possessed she's uh, you know raving and the director said stop and i was like oh man i blew it i'm not gonna get cast Lori, i want you to go away and i want you to come back on saturday and you're gonna read for both abigail and mary warren and you need to understand that they are total and complete opposites and I said, mm hmm, because I really wanted to be Abigail. And I went away and I prepared for both Abigail and Mary Warren. I read, and she was keeping people for hours and directing them, trying to find their inner Abigail. And I read, she, I walked in and she said, which one would you like to read first? And I said, Abigail. And I read the Abigail scene and her jaw was basically on the floor. Okay, let's see the other one. I read the Mary Warren scene. No direction for either one. Read this scene. Read this other scene. No direction. Just kept throwing scenes at me with her jaw kind of on the ground. And then she said, okay, thank you. And I walked out and I walked out with the assistant director who was a graduate student that I knew. And I said, you know, if it comes to it, Abigail's probably my first, Abigail is my first choice. And she got a little smirk on her face and she said, I don't think there's a question. And then she went back inside and sure enough, I got the role of Abigail. And when I look back on it, I now understand the stunned look on her face was not, why did I call you back? You know, you make up all kinds of things in your, in your okay. mind trying to you know protect yourself so that you don't want it too much you don't want to believe that the look on the face is maybe i'm going to get this and when i looked back on it after i did get it i went oh it's it's totally she just saw what she wanted to see in abigail in that first scene but couldn't believe it was coming someone with the angelic innocent looking face <laughs> which which when you read the, the crucible that is the perfectly cast abigail someone yeah. that is demure and sweet and no this child could not possibly lie yeah. oh and and it's 
congratulations. That's that's a, that's a wonderful story. Yeah, thank you. So what you do is you've got this quiz. Tell us how the quiz evolved. The quiz started a couple of years before I released it. Somebody mentioned that it was like the hot new thing three years ago. And I wanted to create one. And I kept thinking that I was going to create a quiz that was telling you your actual personality type or your actual speaker archetype. And yet I was blocked for years and I would try to do a little work on it. And then earlier this year, it's like it kept calling to me, but I, I believe that we're all unique. So if there's 7.9 billion different people on the planet, there's actually 7.9 billion different types of charisma. And I was taking one of those free Facebook challenges. Someone was doing her take on quizzes. And on the last day, someone asked a question. And she said, well, you never want to go negative if it's about them but you can go negative if it's about what's blocking them or what's derailing them. And it was like the, the floodgates opened and I was sitting there thinking, I have two quizzes I could create right now. One is which soul this is the one I haven't created, which soul sucker is blocking you something like that. And the one that I was drawn toward is which protective mask hides your inner radiance and then it was about a three-week birth of this thing that i felt like i'd been pregnant with for three years once it started coming i just had files open on my computer and anytime i had an idea i sat down and i jotted it down or i emailed it to myself or i did the voice memos so you know the labor was three weeks long and the pregnancy was three years that had to hurt <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but you know the sorry i've never been pregnant i don't want to know but but the, the the major thing is is that that you have um you you received what i call a download does that sound right yeah yeah it for the most yeah it was a download there were pieces that i had used in my book when i wrote that um, two, so there's five speaker alter ego types, the masks that block our inner radiance. So the mask that you get is not you. The mask is the thing that somewhere along the line you picked up because you think you should be that or you have to be that. Um, there were two that already existed because they're the two that I wear, that my first wave of clients 15 years ago war. So I was aware of those, the uh, deranged mannequin. So since Kevin, I know you're going to share yours. I will share that it, at this point in my life, the deranged mannequin is my top protective mask, my top speaker alter ego. And um, it's not a fun name. And yet I still, I mean, it is a fun name, but when you get that back as your name, some of the people have said, boy, I really was unhappy when I saw the name. And then I read all about it and it's, it's the one. 
Uh, and, and I can give it that name because I gave it that name for myself. I was talking about myself when I'm working too hard and thinking that I'm not enough, but what I'm doing is really important. So I have to work a million times as hard to make up for the fact that I'm not enough. And the passion and that, oh, I'm unworthy or I'm flawed or I'm not enough. When those two come together with a lot of work, it comes across like a deranged mannequin has taken over my body. The other one that had existed for a while was the porcelain doll. Oh. And that was me during my time as an executive assistant uh, when I would not, not speak, feel like I had nothing to contribute to the conversation. And I would just kind of sit in the corner with a, I'll just smile and wait until this is over or be very quiet. That's when people knew I was an introvert in social situations where I would just kind of go into this weird porcelain doll mode. And then the others were happening in the 15 years in between when I started working and when I downloaded the quiz. And I just thought of different people that I had worked with over the course of time. And like, what were the masks that I was seeing that we were removing through our work together? And I went, okay, there's five. There's like some low energy ones and some forced high energy. The deranged mannequin is the most forced high energy. And the porcelain doll is the most low energy of them. And gave names to the other three in between, one of which is yours. Yes, indeed. So uh, before the show today, I down, you know, took the quiz. It's right there on the internet, and it's right there on the website, and it's free. And uh, then you, you, know, you get an answer. And um, my person, or my mask, if you will, and I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, no, come on. I am not, am not, am not, am not. But I am. I always have been, uh, for whatever reason, um a people pleaser and that and you call it a little bit something different what do you what's the name for it i call it the peppy pleaser that's me <laughs> particularly when it comes to speaking the word peppy felt important because sometimes it got you might even be like past it in your own personal life like you might have stopped people pleasing many years ago and yet when the when the high stake situation of being put on the stage or a green light in your face or a microphone in your face comes up, you might grab for this thing that's like an old pair of pants. Because in addition to you might have used it in your past, someone might say, you need to smile more when you speak. Or they said that in your past. So this like peppy you know, good speakers are peppy and extroverted comes out of you. I'm not very good at the peppy pleaser. It's not one of my, <laughs> not one of my top ones. It is. Uh, the, the one thing is that I have always, I've always wanted to please people. I did that in sports. I did that in, you know, um, it always mattered to me how I played. And, and so I did the best that I could. And also my relationships. Mm -hmm. dare I say, 
I have worked to be a people pleaser at the expense of my own happiness at some times. And uh, the other thing is, and then the other part that, that you wrote in there that is in there that is spot on for me is that, that because of all of that, I have this kindness that, that is part, part of who I am. That is, um, I, I end the show every time with be kind to one another because each other's all we've got because that's important to me. And that was like, it was right there on paper. And said, so how did you do that? How did, it, I mean, it, it made sense for me. Yeah, I, well, I had some help. So I reached out to a coach that I worked with steady for a long time. And now I kind of call her for booster shots as needed. And I said, I, I just took this other woman's quiz program. And of course she had a thing that she was inviting us into that was like a four month long program. And when I reached out to my coach, I was like, I can't wait that long. And I can tell she's starting with people. It, the thing she had was targeting people who didn't know a whole lot about their business. I did. I was like, this thing is coming and I need some help. So she was there looking at things that I wrote, asking questions the whole time. And there was an aha moment. Again, even though I knew the types are about the mask. I still did a typical deranged mannequin thing of like trying to make it harder than it was because the download for each one was pretty much there. And then when I was writing up the quiz results and putting it in a PDF and putting it in the quiz platform, I still started trying to like write more, make it longer, mm -hmm. more like the quiz things that are out there that are about your personality type. And my coach was asking me questions and eventually I said, you know, what if it doesn't need to be any longer? It's not about the person. It's about the mask, which is not deep. So if I keep it to, it's about the mask with some hints and whispers about who you really are. That's why you're grabbing for that mask in the first place. Maybe that's enough. And maybe I'm just trying to work too hard. And she said, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me read what you, what you wrote about, about the peppy pleaser. Can I do that? Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with the peppy, um, with the peppy pleaser mask, you resist sharing your whole self because you value kindness. You often hide behind your smile to please other people. After speaking, you become bouncy and full of extra adrenaline, as if you're energetically bumping up against the roof of your own head. It happens to me after every show, I promise you. Remember, the, pe the peppy pleaser is not the true you. It's an emotional mask that you sometimes wear to protect your true self. Wearing a mask like the peppy pleaser is generally an unconscious habit, not a conscious choice. Um, and it goes on just to say, uh, um, one of your sacred gifts is your caring nature. Your full human range rests behind that bubbly exterior, just waiting for your permission to flow deep down. You long to be loved 
unconditionally. That's not fair. Yeah, we hadn't even met when we, we had a short conversation before, but this is then I took I'm glad I took this because this is uh, because that is absolutely true. And that's one of the one of the side benefits from doing this radio show is that for at least eight hours a week or seven hours a week, whatever I do, I get to be loved unconditionally because we're putting this together. I'm in control. I'm in charge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I advocate everybody go to uh, your website again, which is voice-matters.com voice-matters.com take the quiz because that's and that as as you explain here that's just the first step yeah then what happens then you figure out i call them the soul-sucking voices what are the soul-sucking voices the inner critics all the shoulds that are causing you to reach for that mask. And if I get to work with the person, or if you think about it this way, um, you are very caring. So of course, the mask that you might reach for is a pleaser or or a smiler because you're so caring. I like to think that I'm caring too. And I think my passion is a little bit louder. So I'm going to grab for the deranged mannequin because the passion is so strong. It's like, I want to work to make whatever I believe should be happening happen. So this beautiful trait that each of us have, your caring nature, my passion we start showing the world only that. And over time, it gets harder and harder and harder until eventually it becomes the hard mask that's covering up everything else. And ceases us to be who we can really be. Yeah. Which is the whole range. It's not as if now that you know your top one is peppy pleaser, it's not as if you've stopped being caring. That's not what it's about. It's, oh, I'm caring and a gazillion other colors. And I can snap into any of them at any time. And you know what I've also learned in that period of time because of, of the caring nature that I have? I know you're going to find this really, really hard to believe. But I have a tendency you talk to my family, you talk to my friends I've known for years, they'll tell you that I get taken advantage of mm-hmm. because I allow it mm-hmm. because I want to please and I want to every, everybody to just get along. And so there are people who will take advantage of that and they recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I think you said something like this earlier. Can you care for yourself? as much as you're caring for everyone else. Oh, now that's hard. <laughs> now that now you're getting deep. That, that that can be at least for for me, I tend to I tend to not care for myself as much as I try to care for other people because I'm empathetic as well and I want them to be I want them to be cared for and happy and and nurtured and all that kind of stuff. Often at the expense of and I think a lot of people do this at the expense of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways, 
um, I have a, I guess it's a hack. It's not really a hack. When people are speaking and they, for you, you care so much about the audience and I'm so passionate about the audience, instead of looking for, are they pleased by what I'm doing? It's to channel the caring into what's, what's the gift I want to give them? What's the vibe I want to create in the room? And then to be looking for signs of that vibe coming alive instead of looking for, are they pleased by it? So it's kind of taking the same impulse and channeling it down a slightly different road that's more opening instead of closing and masking. That's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> but that, but that's why you do what you do, because um, and you're very gifted at it. So I would implore you, anybody, to go, please go to her website and uh, and voice dash matters dot com and and meet her. And uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how'd they do it? That's probably the best way I know. That, so if you're a, a Facebook lover, an Instagram lover, a LinkedIn lover. I have all of those and I can never remember. So if you go to voice-matters.com and either connect with me there or scroll down to find all the social handles, I will respond <laughs> whatever way you reach out. You know, and I got to tell you, um, I can always tell when a show has gone really well. Do you know it's been an hour that we've been talking and uh, it's, I've, I'm going to run out of time here. I always do. And so I want to give you the opportunity to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Ooh, I'm going to go with you are enough exactly as you are and your voice matters. That is a bumper sticker or a t-shirt or both. Uh, because your voice does, does, your voice does matter, and it's important that you're heard. It's important that you get out and uh, and really put yourself out there, because uh, that's that's what how we're going to get to the next level. And I know you're an intuitive. Oh, I, I got I got a minute. I know you're an intuitive person, and you and you can look into sides some people and can kind of feel them and feel their soul and stuff. So this is this is my you know, people pleaser coming out. So how do I rate? I'm doing <laughs> my insecurities have risen to the top. So do, do I suck as bad as you know? Or am I okay? No, you're very caring. It comes across in your voice, and this is the thing: it goes through your whole body. So when I see people when they've got the mask on. And the, the smile is a protective smile. I can feel that it's like, it's just stuck there. Can you send it through your whole body? With you, it feels like the warm caring is coming across in your voice. And it's also going through you from head to toe rather than getting stuck, at least during our conversation. I'd like to think that that's, uh, we'll, we'll end it there because that's the way I <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Lori, will you come back? I will. I absolutely will. Love to have you back. And and uh, by the way, go to our website again. It is voice-matters.com. We've got to go, sadly, but you take care of yourself. 
Be kind to one another, everyone, because each other's all we've got. We'll see you Wednesday at 4. 